0: hey cam yes alex glad to be back just i i I had a question for you that i've been thinking about over the last week or so um oh have you ever had the distinct pleasure of getting to plan a child's birthday party uh yes in fact two of them to
1: be exact with a third coming up in august oh my god (laughs) Why do you
0: ask? Oh man, I just I, the kid that who, whose birthday party I'm trying to plan, it's my cousin's kid. um you know, i I planned it for him last year, and it was fine. It wasn't that expensive. Uh, I called up the the company that that does like you know the bouncy castles. yeah, i I called them up and they told me that it was going to be twice the price that I paid last year. absolutely insane and kind of blowing the budget but i I don't know what i expected that's that's inflation for you i hope it deflates Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking bacon. Oh, not too much. Good to be back. It was was weird and fun listening to a show that I wasn't a part of um but that was nearly uh, twice the length of a normal episode <laughs> but much shorter than our average show that has jeff on it that's that's fair i think the first one was close to three hours
1: plus <laughs> not to mention the additional four hours that we actually stayed on the call and talk oh that was great but that I was degress. great well, well what are you drinking this week Cam? Uh, tonight I am drinking a Sweet Josie Brown Ale from Lone Rider Brewing Company in Raleigh, by God, North Carolina. Swig of beer for the working man. What
0: about you, Alex? That's, that's right up my alley. I gotta try that one at some point. There you go. Um, well, I, I am drinking water and as much of it as I can get down, um, because yesterday was the 4th of July. Yes. And, ooh, boy, did, uh, did we party? Uh, (laughs) um right uh, it has been uh it has been a rough morning uh buddy of mine whose house i was at uh had a a, an unlabeled half gallon glass mason jar full of mysterious corn liquor that we were just drinking straight out of the jar fun sounds like uh sounds like you might have gotten a
1: little dehydrated there alex sounds like you might need some electric likes via a sports drink. Hey, hey, this is a quick reminder that Chatting Average has brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink, of course, is a podcast conglomerate bringing you all types of sports podcast shows, including our friends over at the Platinum Sombrero with Doc and Dylan. And of course, we want to remind you about Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Uh, Spotify Green Room, of course, is free. You can download it on iOS or the Android App Store. Create a profile link your twitter and join the group that you want to follow uh and you might even catch alex and i on there once in a while hanging out with dylan from platinum
0: sombrero yeah it's always a good time on green room yeah absolutely so uh so what have you been up to this weekend i'll oh, have mercy alex <laughs> 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 you
1: know You know exactly what I've been up to uh, at least the past couple of days.
0: Good God. Um, Oh, that's right. You've been laying pipe. Woo! Easy, sailor. Uh, (laughs) This is a a kid's show. Good Lord. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, no, no,
1: you're not wrong. Not wrong. So um, as mentioned on the show uh, in, in the past before, um, my wife and I are in the process of building a house. But my sister and her husband are actually also in the process of building a house um, on the same uh, private road that, that we're building on as well. So my sister and I are going to be uh, next door neighbors, which is cool. So they're building at the same time that we are, which is really cool and really convenient that it worked out that way. Uh, one thing that we elected to do on our own, because we are from a family of doers by God, and if my dad has anything to do with it, anything that can be done ourselves, we're going to do it. Uh, this past Saturday, we put our water lines in from the road to our houses.
0: Now, that sounds like something the average person could do. Yeah. He says quite sarcastically. So. We live out in the sticks, okay? Um, oh, clarify something for me, real quick. Yes, yes. When yes. people use that phrase, out in the sticks, is that S T I C K S or S T Y X, as in the river sticks?
1: Or the band sticks?
0: Or the band sticks. Ren- Renegade
1: is a banger to this day.
0: I'm Alex. sailing away. That's
1: that's a good one too. That's a good one too. <laughs> no no no. So yeah, out, out in the woods. So, you know, our, our houses are going to be off the, the public public road quite a bit. Um I believe when it came down to it, my sister had 480 feet of pipe put in and I had 900 No no, I had I had dead on 1000 feet. Of pipe put in. So, uh, so we put over 1500. We put close to 1500 feet of pipe in on Saturday. Um, it was gracious. a noxious. <laughs> it was a near all day affair. Luckily, we rented a ditch witch. Uh, so you know, a we actually a ditch witch. Is
0: that like what is that? What is that son? <laughs> you don't know what a ditch witch is? I'm sure I do. I just probably have heard it It, called something else that is well that is
1: literally like the brand of machinery it is called ditch witch and it is just a slow moving trencher that helps you dig a i don't know probably one foot wide hole two feet deep um that you just pull along kind of like a tiller it, it works in a very similar way, except it has a much longer blade on it. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it cut it cuts a trench for you. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, we were doing that. In fact, a uh, shout out to friend of the show and patron of the show, Josh Goldberg, uh, who helped us on this venture as well, who uh, was paying us back for the time that I helped him put his water line in a few years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the rent always comes due
1: oh boy well let me let me tell you he he got off lucky and he even admitted this uh when we put his water line in uh gosh coming up on like five years ago now on the same private roads like so there's all, all the cousins that we all grew up together we're all living on the same road right so uh when we put his water line in like five years ago it was late july early august and it was like no degree shy of 100 degrees that day that we put his in. Just the most miserable. And I think he had over 1,800 feet of pipe just to his house alone that day. So nearly double what we had to put in for mine. Whew. Yeah. So, yeah, Saturday was fun. Uh, worked about all day. Uh, we were up at 515 for a 615 jump start. Um, and we worked till about two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, and then I got home and promptly died. Um,
0: so <laughs> you well, you recovered nicely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I recovered nicely because then we spent all day Saturday outside drinking beer, eating barbecue, and hanging out and celebrating America. By God, America, America. Woo! So yeah, so yeah, and then set off some fireworks last night in a drunken stupor, which was fun. Yes. Yeah. I have all my f- I have all my fingers for those concerned at home. Glad to hear it. Yeah, yeah. What uh what about you? I understand that you have also had a fun weekend,
0: Alex. I've had quite a fun week. Well, um two weeks actually. Uh, so yeah, um That's right, yeah. Uh, you were not here last week missed the show last week because I was out in Colorado Springs for uh, for a friend's wedding. Um, so that was, uh, a lot of fun. I'd never actually been to Colorado Springs, so, um, got to go see some national parks I'd never been to before. Um, you know, we got to see like the, uh, the Olympic training center and Air Force Academy and all that stuff. So that was really oh, cool. cool. Um, hit up a few, a few different breweries because that's what you do when you go to Colorado. Right. Um, and did uh, you smoke? Did you smoke the weeds? <laughs> Um, I will not answer that question, but my next story probably will. Um, your answer
1: already answered it.
0: <laughs> uh, capped off the weekend uh, by seeing my favorite band, Widespread Panic, at my favorite venue, Red Rocks Amphitheater, okay. um, which was just unbelievable. The um, I, I forget how in depth I went into this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned I was doing it. But uh, Red Rocks uh, National Park uh, is in Morrison, Colorado, just outside of Denver. And it has these just massive, bright red rock formations. And at one point in the park, there is essentially a naturally occurring amphitheater where you have two gigantic rocks enclosing it on each side. Right. uh, A a rock, a big rock at the bottom, uh, right behind where the stage is. Uh, and then they squeezed about 10,000 seats into the middle of this. The place sounds unbelievable. Um, it, it looks even better. And if you get the chance to see any band, especially one of your favorites there, by all means, you should absolutely take it.
1: Right. Um, I've, I've watched like some live concert recordings from Red
0: Rock. And it just, yeah, I know. Uh, I know like, like, it, it just Massive looks awesome. Band released a DVD from Red Rocks
1: back in the day. Yeah, uh, N- Nathaniel Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats have
0: a yep. have a show from there, uh, I think which he is awesome. Did as well. Um, yep. Yep. I mean, it's just it's one of those really really special places. Like like if you're if you're a live music fan at all, you owe it to yourself to to plan a trip around going to that venue. Um, but it 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 took a little bit of a turn south. Uh, and oh? I, I have to I, I have to give my wife some sort of award. For, uh, for putting up with what I put her through that night. Uh-oh. Because um, Colorado, you, you never know what you're going to get out there weather-wise. And despite the fact that it was the last week of June that we were out there, right. uh, we get up to Red Rocks for this concert, and it's basically high 40s, low 50s the whole time. Interesting. Um, And then about 35, 40 minutes into the show... Uh, the sky breaks open um, and it is, it is raining about as hard <laughs> as I ever recall uh, having stood in rain. Uh, and on top of that, we were we had about 30 to 40 mile an hour winds. So it was oh, boy, did it get very interesting. Um, I had an absolute blast. Uh, my my wife put on a brave face for the whole thing, which <laughs> which which i am forever indebted to her for um but it uh it was kind of in the middle of the show for about an hour that it got really bad and then you know the beginning and the end were phenomenal so had, had a great great time there so so get back last monday uh get back to work and everything and uh on thursday
1: listen to one of the best episodes of this podcast that's ever been released not that it has anything to do with the fact that i put it together and produced it
0: the funny thing is that when my wife and I were driving from our uh our, our Airbnb to the airport uh that Monday, so we were still in Colorado Springs uh, and it was gonna be probably an hour to an hour and a half drive. And I'm like, Oh, I'll put on the show. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh and we'll just, you know, we'll get there, we'll we'll start it when we pull out of the driveway, it'll be finishing up when we drop off the rental. Nope. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I don't think we got halfway through that episode. <laughs> so throughout the rest of the week, I've been listening to like ten minute clips here and there. But in, <laughs> in, in all seriousness, uh, the as as I think we can all expect at this point, Jeff did a phenomenal job sitting in. Of oh. course. Um, you did a phenomenal job putting the show together. It sounded really good. Thanks.
1: Uh, Uh, when one of us inevitably quits the show,
0: Jeff is going to be the surefire fill in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We've already got the paperwork drawn up for that. For sure. So anyway, fast forward into, uh, this past week, get back into town, get back to work. Uh, Thursday's my, my first day off after we get back and I get a, a text from my wife in the middle of the day saying, Hey, um, friend of mine just got uh, fl- uh four club level seats to the Braves game tonight. So I hear club level, and I, I'm thinking, okay, that's that's cool. It's like the, you know, the the infinity like two or three hundred level club or, or something. Right, like right, right. Um, so I ask her where the seats are, and the seats are in section 126, directly behind home plate. Um, in like the premium seating, we are probably, I'd say 12 to 15 rows back off of the field directly behind home plate to watch Jacob Grom pitch. Oh, heck yeah. Um, so just stumbled across those and it was, it was quite an experience. It's, it's very different from the normal game experience in, in just about every way. Right. Um, as soon as you show them your ticket, you you are like you are ultra VIP. They slap a wristband on you and you get access to parts of the ballpark that, that I didn't know existed. Ooh, um, fun. So there is a, there is a whole like lounge area um, underneath the seats behind home plate. Right. Um. So there's the this this giant buffet and I go back there. And they've got, like, they've got, like, medium-rare lamb chops, like, fresh sea bass, like, this crazy buffet of really, really good stuff. And were, 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 were the sea bass ill-tempered? <laughs> Kick his ass, sea bass!
1: Um, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a reference. I'm so proud of that one. Yeah, that was pretty good.
0: Yes. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, all-you-can-drink beer and wine. Um. Like the decor back there was just silly because uh, literally walked up and touched an Andrew Jones Silver Slugger award, like oh, the actual award. Oh. Um, and they, like there were gold gloves everywhere and it was it was just wild. Um, and then Very there were cool. people you know bringing you anything you wanted to your seats. It was it was pretty amazing. Very and, cool. And not only that. Um, but Austin Riley <laughs> Austin Riley hits a monster homer opposite field off of Jacob deGrom in the first inning to pretty much give the Braves the win in that game.
1: Yeah, I laughed um, I, I laughed uncontrollably
0: for about five minutes after it, that. <laughs> I, guess, I still can't believe it happened. I had a lot of fun with that one on the internet. I, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, then, you know, uh, game goes a little bit sideways in the ninth. Uh, Will Smith doesn't have uh, his finest outing of the year. Um, And uh, and we get a we get a walk off in the strangest of fashions uh, off of the leg of Seth Lugo to the third baseman. The third baseman, instead of running to tag third for the force out to end the game, tries to throw the ball to first. Freddie's safe, runs scores, Braves win in the bottom of the ninth. Just, I, yeah, just a wild finish.
1: Um, I, and, you I, know, I've seen, I've seen the argument that he, you know, despite how it looks from the, um, from the home plate camera that you know everybody kind of saw, he might not have beaten Ronald to the plate. So he went for
0: what he, oh, he might have felt he wasn't going to beat Ronald to the plate. Um, but if you get one of the force outs, doesn't it nullify that? It does. Correct. Yeah. So, so he was really, the play was for him to go to third. Cause I, 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 oh, no, not, not Ronald, Ronald at third. That's what I'm saying. Like I, th- I thought he had, he had the beat on Ronald at third. He had him by like uh, 10 or 15. I've seen the argument that he might not have, but I Either don't know. Way, it's, it's funnier if the Mets just, you know, went full Mets. Yes. Of course. Me, it's so anyway, man. you know, wild, wild finish. Um, really fun to see. Is I mean, you don't get too too many opportunities to you know be in the, be there in person, uh, for that crazy of a finish, right? Right. So, so then I go to the game on the Fourth of July yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Do and, tell what happened, Alex. <laughs> and oh boy. Did we get quite a finish in that one as well? <laughs> um, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Um, so I want to say it was Anthony Bass that was pitching for the Marlins. We're, we're fast forwarding all the way to the bottom of the 10th here. That um, Okay. First off, first off, his name sounds like he's like a mafia member, doesn't it? Right, right. Hey, Tony Bass, come here. Maybe, like... you, maybe it's Anthony Bass. I don't know. Slap, Not, at the, slap at the bass. No, I'm pretty sure it's Bass. Uh, either way, uh, Tony, uh, with the bases loaded, uh, is pitching to Kevin Smith, noted bad hitter. Kenny Van. So, uh, I mean, to me, if you're throwing to a guy like Kevin Smith with the bases loaded, challenge him with strikes, make him hit the ball, because he hasn't done a, done a whole lot of that all year. But instead, he tries to get cute and ends up spiking a ball in the dirt that bounces over the catcher's head. Riley comes in from third, slides under the tag, called safe on the field. Uh, in in looking at the replay, uh, pitcher's foot was never touching home plate. Uh, pitcher's glove never... Uh, didn't tag Riley until after he had already touched home plate, but because it's a review and we're the Atlanta Braves, they decided to call him out. Um, Now, maybe you had a few more angles at home, Cam, um, but I I, I was, I was drunk at a pool listening to the game.
1: So I I don't, I I don't have much insight to uh, throw you here,
0: but okay. The, the only thing I could think that I was missing in the moment, my my understanding is you, well, it was a force out. So all he had to do was be touching the plate, right? Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was what they got him on. But at the time, uh, me and uh, about 40,000 of my closest friends uh, 100% thought he was safe. So anyway, uh, that gives them runners on, uh, I believe that gave him runners on second and third first base open, Kevin Smith still at the plate. So what do they do when facing the worst hitter in the Braves lineup? They walk him to get to the pitcher's spot. And the Braves are out of pinch hitters, so they put in Mr. Max Fried who proceeds to demolish a ball into center field for the walk-off hit. Okay. Can I can I can I walk you through this
1: game from from my point of view please okay so it was fourth of july here in central north carolina i'm hanging out at my dad's house who is the host of our fourth of july cookout uh we've got some boston butts coming off the smoker we've got some whole potatoes going we've got some corn in the pot boiling we got baked beans all the goodies watermelon homemade ice cream Boy, we are living large, okay? I'm hanging out in the pool. I am feeling it, you know, Mm. having a good time, hanging out with everybody, hanging out with all the cousins, the crew, hanging out with uh, one of the kids that's uh, staying with my dad and stepmom this summer who happens to be playing on our local uh, summer league team. They are host parents this year. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the show or not, but, yeah. And he happens to be from the Miami area. Oh. And he happens to be a Marlins fan. Oh, really? Yes. So we're all like, you know, kind of listening to the game as we're all hanging out, you know, swimming, you know, you know, passing a volleyball around in the pool, just, you know, hanging out, enjoying summer. Right. Right. And we get to. Uh, we, we get to the bottom of the ninth when Austin Riley was up with bases loaded. And I kept joking with the kid. I'm like, Oh, here it is. Here it is. We're going to it comes. Well, You Yeah. Know, of course it doesn't quite work out. So we go to extra innings. Um, And I'm, I'm in the pool up until the point that Kevin's no, 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 up until the point that they call Riley out at the plate on the passed ball. Right. At that point, I am summoned to come help with getting, uh, getting all the food set up outside, you know, get all the stuff set up. So, um, I jump out of the pool, make a quick dash for that. As I'm, you know, throwing a t-shirt on, throwing my hat on, Goldberg, who's in the pool listening to the game, yells over to me, hey, Max Freed is batting. And I made the comment, oh, we must be out of bench bats. How about that? And I walk away and then it's, Two minutes later that Goldberg yells Max Free just put one in the center field. Braves win. <laughs> 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 and I have now watched the clip, which I didn't get to see live probably a good dozen times today. Every time I've stumbled across it, I'm like, Yep, let's watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, oh man. It was it was really cool because, you know, they called Riley safe at the plate. Right. So 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 me and everybody else in the ballpark got to celebrate for several minutes as Uh, it walked it off. Like uh, freaking blooper was on the field with the flag. Like, right. (laughs) And my favorite image of the whole game was when they like blooper was basically right behind second base on the edge of the outfield with the gigantic victory flag. And they go to review the play. And he just stands there with his hands on his hips, staring at the umps. The (laughs) entire time they're reviewing it, like, doesn't leave the field because the game might still be going on. Just hangs out there and stares at him. And then (laughs) Max Fried comes up and does it. And we get to celebrate two walk-offs in one game. How about it? And I get to celebrate the fact that I have been to nine brave game braves games this season and i have not seen them lose but you couldn't fly to pittsburgh tonight huh alex i I couldn't fly to pittsburgh tonight unfortunately uh until the braves put me on the payroll uh it's not going to be realistic for me to uh to be getting to every game so i'm i'm sorry guys uh i i have seen all of your requests requests and demands to keep to go to every single game. Um, I, I just, I need, I need the Braves to reach out and uh, and and give me a salary and, and that can happen. I, I would love to, to, to be their traveling good luck charm. We'd go, or, we'd go 162 and 0. Or to help out monetarily,
1: to help purchase additional Braves tickets, you can become a patron of this fine show
0: patreon.com slash chatting podcast hey or go check out some of the cool merch cams designed that we have up on our web store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast can i just say that uh i
1: believe it was saturday yeah saturday afternoon one of the cooler things that i've ever seen happened and that was friend of the show bobby Wearing yes! a shirt that I designed to Cooperstown. We're,
0: we're in the Hall of Fame.
1: We're in
0: the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
1: Now, we have not confirmed whether or not he took off his shirt and left it there. Like hang, hung it up on a wall and like hope nobody
0: would notice. That'd be cool, that, right? That would be pretty cool. Actually, I, I saw in the replies to Bobby's comment, uh, there was a guy that had been to Cooperstown and brought a Dale Murphy trading card and just propped it up in between a (coughs) couple of the busts and left it there. Very cool. I thought that was really cool. I like it. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's honestly, you know, I know it's not a brave shirt, but that is honestly one of my more favorite shirts that I've done for for the show is the uh, free shoeless Joe shirt.
0: Yeah. That was, that was a
1: really cool one. Yes, very cool. So, shout out to Bobby for uh, for, for taking
0: us to Cooperstown. Very cool. stuff. Bobby! Bobby! <laughs> All right. Well, that was a fun look back at the last couple of weeks for us. What do you say we take a look back at years past in baseball history?
1: Let's do
0: it. All right.
1: We're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is July 5th through the 11th. Our first fact comes to us from July 5th, which is today as we're recording this show, 2001, 20 years ago today. Pirate skipper Lloyd McClendon is fined $1,000 for walking off the field with first base in the June 26 Brewers game. The what? assessment marks the first time a manager pays the penalty for quote-unquote stealing a base. Interesting. Okay. That That's one of the better baseball blow-ups right like just yeah, go yeah. over rip, rip the bag out of the ground and take it with you yeah because what are they gonna do then right yeah it's awesome that's great like i mean we we've all seen the Rosenbag grenade scenario with uh gosh what was his name he was wellman yeah i feel like it gets overplayed a little bit like no is... no it's, it's you don't think good. so it is that good it really is <laughs> I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for something new to happen as far as manager blow ups go. Um didn't Davey Martinez rip first base out like a month or two ago against the Cubs? Did he? I might have missed that. I, I think he did, yeah. He ripped it out and tossed it. He didn't take it with him. But I'm I'm waiting for like the like the new innovative manager blow up to occur at some point. Like Uh, remember three? uh, It might have been three or four years ago when Brad Ausmus, when he was managing the Tigers, like brought a Tigers hoodie out and covered up home plate with it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I think he told the umpire, quote unquote, "It won't make a difference anyway because you don't know where the plate is." Or like we, we we've seen managers bring like a trash can out to the plate, or
0: you know just cover the plate up with dirt. That that's always fun. speaking, if, speaking of manager blow ups, yes. uh, I don't think you and I have had a chance to talk about uh, Joe Girardi's uh, incident. Whoops. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, Scherzer's not the guy, Joe. Nope, no, Scherzer is not the guy at all. Uh, so. For those of you who who may have missed it, um, Max Freed was checked several times for foreign sub- substances in a game that he was pitching against the Phillies. Um, and the final time that he was checked was uh, by the request of Joe Girardi, after he had just been checked the inning before. So Max, understandably, was a little bit upset about having to be checked so very often um, and it, you know the it, it's it's written into these new rules that uh, that umpires should not honor managers' requests if they deem that request to be made in bad faith, uh, as in you know trying to get into the pitcher's head, which is clearly what Joe Girardi was doing there. Yeah. And and Max. Uh, being an absolute lunatic like he is, um, started he start started unbuckling his belt, untucked his shirt, was about to pull his pants down before the umpires stopped him. And then, uh, you know, like just about anybody, I think, would do after the inning was over, was staring down Girardi uh, the whole time as he was walking from the pitcher's mound to the dugout. And Girardi... Uh, decided that he was a big boy, and he came charging out of the dugout towards the Nationals bench, like bowing up, like he was to do something to Max Scherzer. <laughs> no. Uh, and ends up ends up getting himself tossed. But uh, good lord, can you imagine what would have happened if if he had gotten all the way to the Nationals dugout and Max Scherzer had actually gotten his hands on him? It'd been ugly. It'd have been yeah. ugly. Uh, Joe Girardi might
1: have had two different colored eyes by that point, too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but somebody on Twitter suggested it, and I kind of like it. If you're a manager and you request that a pitcher be checked, and it turns out the pitcher's clean, there's nothing going on, I, I saw somebody suggest that, like, the that team should lose their challenge at that point. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, you know, if you're really going to gamble on trying to play the gotcha game, you know, you ought to lose something for pointing the finger. I, I couldn't
0: agree more. That's a great idea.
1: Love it. Love it. All right. Our next fact comes to us from July 7th, 2007. Mariners outfielder Ichiro Suzuki records the first inside-the-park home run in All-Star Game history when he hits Chris Young's fastball into deep right center field at San Francisco's AT&T Park. The fifth-inning blast caroms off of the park's quirky configuration and gets past National League center fielder Ken Griffey Jr., allowing the American League hitter, who will be named the game's MVP, to complete his way around the bases for the historic round-tripper.
0: I, I did not appreciate Ichiro enough when I was watching him in the league. You know, I'm not sure any of us
1: actually did. Like, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, easy. Um, easily. Um, if in fact if he's if, you know now that we've cracked the seal on unanimous players, Ichiro should
0: probably be unanimous. I I, I can't imagine. A reason for well, not voting for him. <laughs> granted, I couldn't imagine a reason not voting for Chipper Jones, but he only got in at 95%, I think. Uh, think about King Griffey Jr. Only got uh, in at like 97 or 98%. Professional baseball writers really are just the worst. They are. They, re- they, they really are.
1: Um, but <laughs> go figure, though, that the first inside-the-park home run in All-Star Game history – occurs in triples alley out in at&t
0: park that
1: (laughs) wacky ass mickey mouse field
0: (laughs) wacky ass mickey mouse field yep yep you know you like it wait isn't that where the braves used to play their spring training games different different
1: region of the country but yes, <laughs> it. Hanging, hanging out with Mickey Mouse and the gang. It was
0: far more literally Mickey Mouse Field. Yeah, it was literally Mickey Mouse Field. <laughs> oh boy.
1: Oh boy. All right. <laughs> Our ne- <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. Me and my pal Pluto. <laughs> All right. Our next fact comes to us. <laughs> From July, I just I just busted every listener's eardrums. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Our next fact comes to us from July 9th 1971. So 50 years ago this week, in the longest shutout in American League history, the Oakland A's beat the Angels one to nothing. When Angel uh, Maguall plates Clark, golly, hang on a second. I promise I'm not this drunk, Alex. <laughs> these names, these names are hard. <clears throat> in the longest shutout in American League history, the A's beat the Angels one to nothing with a. OK. Cameron, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm hitting that exhaustion point. This is all staying in there. I, I'm sure it is. It's Cur- it's late tonight. I'm not putting a lot
0: of effort into production. Kurt Bleffery. Bleffery. Bleffery? Bleff. Bleff. Blef. Okay.
1: 1971. In the longest shutout in American League history, the A's beat the Angels one to nothing when Angel Mangual plays Kurt Bleffery with a two-out single in the bottom of the 20th inning. Oh, my God. Oakland's 21-year-old Southpaw Vita Blue fans 17 batters in the first 11 innings of the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum contest. All right. 20 innings. You ready? Ready? All right. Here is your final box score from this 20 inning game. The Angels, 0 runs, 11 hits, 1 error. The 11. At- you... The at- the Athletics, 1 run, seven hits no errors oh my god can you imagine getting seven base hits across 20 innings and still winning the game (laughs) one to nothing that's nuts one to nothing (laughs) look i i i love a good pitcher's duel as much as the next guy but 20 innings of nothing to nothing baseball sounds absolutely miserable
0: especially <laughs> i want I, I think about about the 16th inning of that game i'm going the, to is, bed. is the point where i would have said okay i'm fine with having ghost runners on second like somebody in this please <laughs> yeah a bottom
1: of the 20th single to play the only run of the game.
0: What's the longest game you've ever attended? Ooh,
1: longest game I've ever attended. Um, as far as being like a fan, uh, the day after Nick Markakis walked it off on opening day, I think that game went to the 11th against the Phillies. So 11 innings, you know, second game of the season that that's the longest I've ever been, a, been in the stands for, um, Extra innings, I've, I've called a game that's gone into extras that went – I called a high school game that went – keep in mind, high school only plays seven innings. I called a high school game that went all the way to the 11th or 12th, I think. Wow. And it was getting late, buddy. I mean, it was getting late. It was like – I think it was like 11.15 by the time that game was actually done, um, which for high school is very late because, at least here in North Carolina – if you have a game that's approaching midnight, you actually have to call the state and get permission to continue playing. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the North Carolina High School Athletic Association has a strict midnight ruling that don't you dare go past midnight unless you have, sh- like, consent from us. Um,
0: so, yeah, uh, 11, or, 11 or 12 innings. I, I, what about you? My longest one, so when my wife and I first moved to Pittsburgh – we were obviously very excited about getting to, to PNC Park, right? Right, right. So, so we get out there, and it's our, our first game at PNC Park living in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I, I might be wrong on this, but I, I think I remember it being a game against the Cubs. Okay. Um, and this is when both the Pirates and the Cubs were very good, so it was a, a, a meaningful division game. Um, this game... Proceeds to be the longest game in Pirates home history. Uh, it was a 17 inning game. Fun. Um, that we we were at the ballpark until like two in the morning for. Nice. It was it was crazy, and the the, the home team did end up winning. So it was a uh, it was a, a fun walk back over the Clementi Bridge to the car. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was. It was nuts. Very cool. Like, Very cause cool. they, cause they cut off concessions after the seventh still. So you've got 10 innings where like, you can't go get a bottle of water. Uh, you can't get anything. Cause everything's closed. All the employees have gone home by then.
1: Okay. That does kind of stink. I'm not su- I'm not sure I would actually enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our final fact comes to us from June. Our final fact comes to us from July 11th, 2006. Jim Ariance leads off for the Sioux Falls Canaries against the St. Joe Blacksnakes and strikes out, including fouling off one of the four pitches he sees. The at-bat makes the 83-year-old former minor leaguer the oldest man to ever play in a professional baseball game. What? My I mean, man, my man Jim was 83 years old and played in a minor
0: league game. Was was this like you know when when the Yankees had Billy Crystal or the Dodgers had Will Ferrell uh, in a spring training game, like like a gimmicky sort of thing?
1: Uh, no, I don't believe so. I think this was a legitimate game during the middle of a minor league season. Good lord! They That's just threw insane. him in there. So 83 years old, there's a, there's hope for you yet in the next uh, 25 years. What was his final line? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he struck out, but he did. Look, look, he fouled off one of the four pitches that he saw. That's better than I would do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to openly admit that. <laughs> I, I, and that's that's realistic and fair. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so
1: yeah, Jim, Jim out there doing things at 8th. let Let's say that was 15 years ago, which means he would be 98 years old today if he's still alive. I hope so. Yeah,
0: Jim, maybe, and, maybe Jim, maybe Jim he's out there still killing it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's never too late. Never too late. Well, while Fourth of July season might be over, it's never too late to have the best grilling season ever, thanks to Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order with free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's SD for sports drink. They've got classic steak cuts, all the ones you know and love, specialty cuts, USDA Prime. They have everything you need to fire up the grill. These are steakhouse-quality steaks, aged to perfection, and they make it so easy. They flash freeze everything, deliver it right to your door. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. They've got fillets. They've got strip steaks. they got ribeyes. They've got everything you could possibly want in a steak. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com. Again, that is 15% off with your order and free shipping using code SD. Well, that has been
1: This Week in Baseball History. Do with that useless knowledge
0: what you will. All right, guys, we will be right back to review the last week for the Braves and take a look ahead at the week to come. All right. The Braves entered last week with an excellent opportunity to pick up some games on the New York Mets heading into the All-Star break. Started with a three-game set at home against the Mets. Uh, Mets were starting uh, a pitcher who is fresh up from the minors. Uh, and you know, with Jacob deGrom looming in the third game of this series, really needed to jump all over him to get started. Unfortunately, it didn't go terribly well. Uh, Mets win four to three, score all four of their runs in the seventh inning after the Braves had a three to nothing lead. Charlie Morton fell apart late, and AJ Minter ultimately allowed the uh, the run that gave the Mets the win. Uh, got a home run from Ozzy Albie's, but not really much else. So kind of a tough start to the series. Uh, definitely need to come back, come out and win the next one. Uh, given that you have the best pitcher on the planet uh, in the following game. So um, they, 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 they done good guys. They did well the next day, One twenty 20 yes. to two, 20 to two. Um Max seems Reed, like a lot. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Max Reed got a little bit of run support in this one. Um, he uh, he he goes five innings, allows two earned runs, struck out seven and walked two. Uh, David Peterson takes the loss for the Mets, uh, allowing a significant chunk of those 20 runs, uh, but wasn't really helped out by his bullpen all that much. Uh, <laughs> had big innings in the fourth and the eighth from the Braves, uh, scoring seven and six runs respectively. Got home runs out of. Adrianza, two from Ozzie Albies, and one from Ronald Acuna Jr., giving him 22 on the season. Uh, big game, really big game. Uh, love to see a win like that up against the guys who are, who are leading the division, the division, the team you're chasing. Uh, so go into the Thursday game that we already talked about briefly in our intro up against Jacob deGrom. Austin Riley, first inning, one-on-one-out bomb off of Jacob deGrom. That coupled with a very strong outing from Ian Anderson going seven innings, allowing only three hits and two earned runs, uh, gave the Braves the four to three win. Um, Will Smith comes in, has a rough go of it, uh, allowing the run that tied it. But Freddie Freeman walks us off with that wild play at the very end. Braves somehow win the back end of this series, take the take two out of three from the Mets at home. So a good start when you're trying to catch catch these guys in the division. So then we have the Marlins coming to town. Uh, Braves score a run early in the first and win one to nothing. <laughs> Not too much but- happened after that. This was a very interesting start to the game. Uh, Pablo Lopez uh, throws one pitch before getting ejected for hitting Acuna on the first pitch of the game. Uh, Donnie Ballgame game comes out and uh, and makes a clown out of himself on the field. And uh, oh, 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 you, don't, you don't say shocking, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they said this is the third time that the Marlins have hit Acuna on the first pitch of the game, yeah. which I, it's it no longer matters if it's intentional or not. It really doesn't. That's that's beside the point entirely. Um, the Marlins part of the Marlins strategy to an extent is to hit Ronald Acuna. Uh, there's, there's just no two ways about it. And as much as, as Donnie wants to, to hem and haw about how this, that was all in the past and they have no beef with the Braves. Well, the Braves got beef with y'all. Yeah. Uh, Drew Smiley comes out, goes five and two thirds, striking out seven, walking two, no earned runs in this outing. Another really strong one from Smiley. Uh, Will Smith comes in at the very end and redeems himself, going an inning, uh, walking two, but getting out of it unscathed and and sealing the win for the Braves. That gives them three out of four wins on the week. Uh, Going into the Saturday contest against the Marlins, uh, unfortunately, this one doesn't go as well. Lose a low scoring affair, three to two. Uh, Kyle Muller takes the loss going five and two thirds innings, allowing all three earned runs, but striking out seven. The issue was the walks. He did have yeah. four walks. Uh, well,
1: and and that was we, we've always known that was going to be his issue uh, yeah, at this yeah, point in his career. That's,
0: yeah, that's that's the whole the whole thing for Muller, because he's got the stuff. He's definitely got the gas. Um, and you know, he, he's going to struggle with command at times. He's a young guy who throws close to hundred miles an hour. Um, he, give, give him a little bit of time. He'll reel it in. He's still having a fantastic season for us so far. Oh, for sure. For sure. So that leads us into the 4th of July game, uh, of which we've already talked about the ending, uh, Braves win eight to seven in 10 innings. So, uh, one stat that, that, that I didn't mention when we were talking about the end of the game, uh, Cam. Prior to yesterday, how many hits had the Braves had in the tenth inning of ball games this this year?
1: I'm guessing a very small amount.
0: Um. Yes. Yes. None, in fact. Oh. Oh no. Uh, Has hadn't had a hit in the tenth inning. Uh, Now, they had had hits in the 11th, but uh, in 10th inning of ballgames this year, zero hits. That means that as we sit here on July 5th, 2021, the only Atlanta Brave who has recorded a hit in the 10th inning of any ballgame is Max Freed.
1: Give him the silver slugger.
0: (laughs) I mean, you got to give him the silver slugger unless we get Enoa back and he just starts going crazy again. Right. Uh, You get five and a third innings out of Charlie Morton. Did allow four earned runs. Not his best outing, not his worst, but he did run into that feared one rough inning that he tends to have from time to time. Uh, Had a pretty good game for most of the bullpen. AJ Minter, Luke Jackson, Chris Martin, and Will Smith. Uh, none of them allowed any runs. Shane Green, unfortunately, had another rough outing, coming out pitching an inning full, but allowing three earned runs on four hits, two home runs. Uh, not what we had been hoping to see out of Shane Green. Um, you know, we're staying close. I think he's got some time to figure it out, but uh, he he needs to do just that, and rather quickly. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So taking a look ahead, uh, games going on as we speak, but we'll be talking about it on the next episode. We've got the series opener in Pittsburgh with Max Freed on the mound against DeYoung for for the Pirates. Uh, Tomorrow at 7.05, we have Ian Anderson back on the mound up against Chad Cole. Cool? Cole. Yes. Cole. Okay. Whoever. Uh, And then on Wednesday, we've got the getaway game at 1235 with Drew Smiley back up on the mound against Will Crow for the Pirates. And then we hop on a plane and go down to sunny Miami for our final series prior to the All-Star break. We have Charlie Morton taking the mound up against Zach Thompson, who has been very good in his short time with the Marlins. Saturday, we've got the 410 start with Max Fried up against... Trevor Rogers, who at this point is the front runner, uh, for, uh, for rookie of the year. He has been absolutely phenomenal uh, yes. <laughs> and it's going to his first all-star game in his first season. Uh, Sunday got another early start at 110. Ian Anderson back up on the mound again, taking on Pablo Lopez, who looks to improve on his last start of one pitch. Well, nowhere to go, but up. Uh, love to see that they're still keeping Pablo Lopez in his normal rotation spot <laughs> despite yeah. the fact that his pitch count was one last time out. Well, you know, you got to factor in like pregame, you know, routine, sure, and sure. Y- y- you, you know, think you'd, you could at least like cut a day or two off of it, though.
1: Yeah, maybe I so interesting thought just because i know it's kind of looming toward the end of the week and i don't necessarily think by friday it'll influence anything in miami but we kind of have a hurricane coming our way later this week it appears oh Um, really yes uh it looks like i I don't know if it's a tropical storm or if it's made hurricane status but it's coming up through the gulf so it's going to come up on the gulf side of florida and hit kind of the southeast um, like I know here in North Carolina, we're expected to see some stuff from it by like Thursday into Friday. So as far as like Braves travel goes, that could be interesting. Like they might have to like dart out a little westward instead of like you know maybe hitting Atlanta and then coming to Miami, just depending on what the weather situation is.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that will be interesting to watch. Uh, I I know. Uh, Tampa has already proactively, uh, postponed a game that is, uh, presumably going to be affected by this hurricane. So I don't know how much of it is going to hit the Miami area. Uh, but you know, one would have to assume that they will be flying over whatever the storm is. So, so yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what, what else has happened in the last couple of weeks? Uh, we got some all-stars. From the hey. Braves, uh, we got we got our our big three: Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albie's all in the All Star game. We didn't get Austin there this year, sadly. But but, but he should have been there. He's getting there. He's getting there, guys. This guy, we're gonna have an All Star third baseman. Damn it. Love
1: it. Love it. Very cool. Uh, neat little tidbit that's been thrown around. Uh, Freddie and Ronald are the first Braves team or the first Braves teammates to make consecutive all-star games since Joe Torrey and Hank
0: Aaron back in the seventies. No kidding. Yeah. Very cool stat. Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the chatting average podcast for Mr. Cam Matthews. My name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode. Bye.
1: With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want
0: to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.